0: This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, The Voice of Harlem.
1: I am on the show. I'm live. Oh, no. Hey, y'all. What's going on? This is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. Let me be the first to tell you, put some respect on Big Draco's name. Shout out to Soldier Boy, the OG. The goat, okay, I can't lie. He's not the goat of rap. He's not the goat. But Soldier Boy, the OG of rap. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, well though
0: Well, new age rap, you can say. No, you can not make even that argument. he's not the
1: OG of, he's not the goat of any kind of rap, but he's great. We love Soldier Boy. But anyways, guys, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM W H C R the Voice of Harlem. This is Stanley Fritz. And if you want to talk to me on the interwebs, you can find me on Twitter at Stan Fritz or on IG at Stan Fritz or on Facebook at Stanley Good Hair Fritz because a dumb mistake in two thousand and six has gotten stuck into a URL that I can't change, thanks Mark Zuckerberg, and of course on Snapchat it's dark skin swindle because that's the only place where I still have my ignorant name from 2006 that Selena did not maybe change
0: 2006.
1: That's when I came up with that name. Oh, wow. There was a girl named Vanilla Swindle on Twitter, and I liked her, so I became Dark skinned Swindle. I I thought, oh, look, Twinsies. And she was like, nah. Not really. All right, guys. It it
2: sounds like you stole something from a black woman, Stanley.
1: (laughs) She was light skinned, so it's cool. You you are
0: co opting
2: from her.
1: Mm -hmm. That's not
0: nice. (laughs) All right, guys. Welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard, where we talk politics, social issues, pop culture, and we pay homage to Soldier Boy, who is a legend in hip hop. Every Sunday right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in with us. Everyone who's watching via Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and, of course, our podcast community. My name is Selena Hill on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Miss Selena Hill, And Miss is always spelled with an M-S. Good morning, Alyssa.
2: Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, I am Alyssa Fuchs. I am your political and legal correspondent. Um, shout out to everybody watching us today on the live live stream on Facebook. Um, if you're uh, actually if you were watching on Stanley's live stream, you should switch over and watch on our live stream. Actually, if you did that, then you're already hearing this. Um, but Stanley's going to go on to his his page and tell his friends to, to switch over. Um, anyways, so you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. That's I L Y S S A or on uh, Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs, also spelled the same way. And of course, on Instagram at Alyssa Fuchs, because, you know, I got to keep it all a little different from platform to platform. And Horrible <laughs> idea.
0: Consistency is key on I, social media. I know. You well, know. Like I couldn't. Get, I couldn't
2: get the uh, the get it without the dot on Instagram because oh, I was a okay. latecomer. So gotcha. Um, anyways, uh, you can also leave a comment on the politically preposterous fan page, which is Facebook.com/politicallypreposterous. And, of course, you can leave a comment on the Let Your Voice Be Heard live stream, and you should, and that's Facebook.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. morning. So
0: we have a great show lined up today. We also have an in-studio guest who is here with us as well. Her name is Autumn Leonard, and she is the Operation Director at Citizens Well. No, no, no. Okay, I got all that wrong. Oh, no, please introduce yourself.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I used to work with Citizen Well a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's in my bio. I used to work at Citizen Well. Gotcha. Um, Okay. Yes. And they're an amazing group that uh, works with mindfulness and yoga groups to try to get them more involved in social justice. Um, gotcha.
0: So you're no longer there. No. Where are you now?
3: Right now I work with Urban Yoga Foundations and uh, we go into schools and we teach yoga and mindfulness and Tai Chi to populations that use it as a form of survival. Gotcha. And subtle medicine.
0: Okay, and you were also a speaker at the Women's March yesterday, which we're going to get more into later on into the show, so you're pretty much a big deal, Mm -hmm. uh, an activist as
3: well. Um, I'm at least a big deal in my own mind.
0: Well, (laughs) and and community I would say. (laughs) Um, We'll talk more about that later on. We have a great show lined up. We're going to talk about everything from the government shutdown to Cardi B's rant to hopefully play some more Soulja Boy music because, again, he is a legend in hip-hop. And then we're going to have a Very encompassing conversation about the black and Jewish communities. We know that uh, Tamika Mallory has been uh, under attack. I mean, you know what? to say under attack depends on how you look at it um, but you know some people have been criticizing her for not p- uh, explicitly condemning Minister Louis Farrakhan and we know that she is the head of the Women's March uh, she's a co-president so a lot of that has a, a lot of that backlash has been falling onto the Women's March uh, in essence so we're going to talk about uh, just that rift between Blacks and Jewish communities because you know this is something that uh, it, ha- it has been ongoing but we know that our Obviously, as, you know, marginalized people and coming from disenfranchised backgrounds, the more work we do together, the better we are when it comes to getting progress in social justice. So we're going to take a deep dive and have that conversation right here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. And, of course, if you want to let your voice be heard, feel free to call us up at 212
1: 212- 650 69 Finish this, Lena. Zero, three. three. three.
0: Okay, two and
2: two. Six, five, zero. Six, nine. Zero,
0: three. Uh, We well, can also leave us any comments on Instagram and, no, actually, Twitter at BeHeard underscore radio. And, of course, if you are tuning in via Facebook Live, please leave us your comments, engage, and interact with us on our live Facebook page. On that note, we're going to go to a quick break, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're kicking off the news roundup, talking about all the news stories that made us laugh cry and everything in between this is let your voice be heard
1: we are back on. Let your voice be heard on ninety point three FM WHC, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in and you are on Facebook Live, bear with us. We are going through some technical difficulties, but we are working to make sure it gets good. Listen, guys, it's not my fault that I have a first generation iPad. Listen, I can't afford the new one, so you got to do with what I can work with. And if you're wondering what we're talking about today, we are talking about a lot of things. But I first want to start it off with the news roundup. If you're new to the show, here's what you need to know: the news roundup is when we talk about the news stories that happen throughout the week. Things made you laugh cry curse flip a table or maybe just punch the computer screen really hard and then go damn i'm too poor to be breaking my stuff and the thing that made me laugh out loud a lot this week was big soldier on power 105 where he said that he is the og in hip-hop he said he discovered migos he said that he was worth 400 million dollars he came with his own video game system and said that nintendo wanted to talk to him and buy him out because he made $100,000 in one day from selling his system which has backwards compatibility with over 800 video games and then he said Drake Drake because he said Drake stole his verse from Kiss Me on the Phone and put it on a different song I am in love with what Soulja Boy has become
0: (laughs) say i respect soldier boy so much as a sounds like donald trump entrepreneur look he is very bombastic in his in his language no he actually said that he only the only thing he does is cannabis and he does no he has never had cocaine a day in his life but he does (laughs) slip. he sips lean
1: that was a coke that's that wasn't a lean rant that was a coke rant. yeah
2: lean makes you fall asleep but (laughs) anyway
0: Well, I don't know what he was on, but I think no. I mean, honestly, to all credibility, he does have a very colorful personality. And, you know, he after doing the Breakfast Club interview and receiving rave remarks, uh, he went on everyday struggle and was like blasted and 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 blasted and and criticized by dj academics and nessa and like honestly they were just like oh you sure why do you have so many businesses and he basically said you know i'm a young black entrepreneur i think that we as a community should be supporting one another and i don't think you should be questioning all of my streams of revenue and he he honestly he made a good argument and he shut academics down at one point so
2: Honestly, I mean, don't worry, it's the US government that will question all his streams of Yavenu <laughs> <and> eventually.
0: <laughs> and you make the friends for too. him. No, they Charla- will have him. Charlemagne pointed that out too, that if you're you know, if you're gonna brag about having over four hundred million dollars and things of that nature, the IRS will come after you.
1: Well, hold on, I wanna because we have our, our friend in the studio now, Autumn. Have you heard about the Soldier Boy Fiasco? What do you think about this?
3: I have not heard about the soldier boy fiasco. I'm learning right now. Yes. I'm so excited. Yo, King Draco.
1: Just let this that's his name, King Draco from now on, okay? It's okay. actually big draco
3: it's
1: king draco now put some respect on his throne so you're
0: gonna call him king draco king draco
1: okay stanley calls him king King draco cardi b yes anybody did you guys see the video she put on ig live about the government shutdown you know my
2: favorite part of that wasn't even the video itself it was the senators that were debating (laughs) back and forth whether or not they should share her video and then chuck schumer be like you guys gonna share that cardi b now Yeah, he was was holding his
0: breath. I'll say this, Cardi B is probably one of the only mainstream celebrities that I actually follow on Instagram. So when I saw that video, moments after it came out, I was so excited because Cardi B is, you know, not only is she an artist, but Mm -hmm. she pays attention to a lot of social justice issues and the way she speaks, it's real, it's raw, it's authentic, and she's speaking directly to, you know, a a certain type of demographic and base and we all need to be informed. So I stand with AOC on this, who also praised cardi b for putting out that video and talking about the government shutdown so and and to quote aoc it's going to be bronx girls to reopen
2: the government
1: and Tamika dog um, dogface Lauren actually got dragged by Cardi B on Twitter this morning. Tommy Lauren? Whatever her name is. Tommy. No, yeah. no, no, no.
2: you're supposed. you know the joke is that you're never supposed to say her actual name, right? I don't even it's know how to pronounce Tammy, it. Tammy, Tammy Lowen, Tarmy Ligan. small Like th- this is you, th- you got to do it wrong. That's like I the do, whole joke.
0: No, I do it wrong every time. Good, I just don't good, know. How to that's how you're name. supposed Cardi to do
1: it. Cardi B promised to dog walk Tamika Lauren if she's <laughs> <going>, talking <laughs> crazy. Her. yes and for those of you who don't know who Tommy, i thought
2: it was tammy lyon
1: so her real name is Tommy lauren and she's a <laughs> mediocre white woman who talks faster than me about right-wing gibberish and she got famous because she's blonde um she is still somewhat relevant on twitter and she tries to jump into phrase and cardi b said i will dog walk you and then tonique lauren said you probably will yes because she wants no smoke
0: Yes. Yeah, so shout out to to Cardi for being uh, for taking activism seriously, at least on Twitter. Are we and done with Instagram. the shade
1: room stuff now? Yes, <laughs>
0: I am done with the shade room. So let's talk supports.
2: about uh, Mr. Uh, Maga hat wearing teenager and what happened yesterday that has been filling up my newsfeed instead of the Women's March photos that I had expected to see. Say more words. Um. So yeah. Yes. Apparently, a um young white man. Surprise. Shocker. There. Um. Started taunting a Native American. Um. At a protest. And it has now gone viral. Um, And now, apparently, since it's gone viral, it's come out that he was, like, on a school trip with his Catholic school and that he might get expelled. And some people are now saying, like, oh, well, maybe he shouldn't get expelled. But I say, like, you know, good. Um, You know, and also, like, the other thing about this thing is, like, this isn't really, like, it shows you when you're yelling at a Native American to build the wall that it's not about immigration. It's about white supremacy. Right. Because Native Americans obviously are native. They were here before. (laughs) Before any of these white men came here so you know that's another part of it that I find interesting
0: yeah I I mean it's horrible and and, you know speaking of people who you know you said that person was a student
2: yeah yeah yeah, a high school student Uh,
0: there was another high school student in Brooklyn uh there was these three white girls who actually were going they go to this private school in Brooklyn and it turns out that they put out a video wearing blackface and acting like monkeys um and It turns out that the school took no action. Um, and it took a, a student of color to lead a pro- to organize a protest at this Brooklyn school, this elite Brooklyn school, to finally get some action. So the school responded by sending a letter home, and I think they're also going to hold some type of forum uh, where the students of color can speak up.
1: But y'all want Tamika to to, to to disavow all the black people y'all don't like? Hold that, hold that, hold that, hold Sorry. that thought. Got a lot of feelings, guys.
0: Yeah, no, 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 and I mean, yeah, no, it's it's a lot. I think that you know, it's what's disheartening to me the most is when we see young people. In engaging in this same problematic, extremely racist behavior Uh, because, you know, we put so much hope on Generation Z being the future and being more tolerant, but we still have a number of incidents or, you know, young people who are still, uh, they don't see it that way.
1: Let me push back because I put no faith in white people that have not been vetted. At all, so I always expect the worst from white people and their white children because they train their white children to be white supremacists. So unless I know you or have talked to you or you got a cosign from a person of color or another white person that I trust, I expect it to be problematic. This does not disappoint me at all. But um, I, I do want to talk about something that's been like flying all over social media that we can definitely bring up right now, and it's Sean King. So how many people in here have red? some work that Sean King has written or like seen him on Twitter or like just like even had a chance to talk to him or meet him. So you guys know Sean King has become someone who's a very controversial figure in the social justice spaces. Um, there were a bunch of articles that started from Breitbart that said that he wasn't black, that he was in white face, that um, he has <laughs> he a white father. He is black though. Yeah. He, I think he has a, I think he has a white mom or white dad. I don't like, I think he's, you know, he's biracial, but whatever, like not, you know, not super important. Then there was some um, accusations of him stealing money from his organization. Um, I forgot the name of the organization they, like he he was accused of it, nothing was ever proven. And since then, at least there's always been these like really wild social media attacks. So, a, a young woman of color posted on Twitter the other day. She goes, "Are we going to talk about how Sean King raised money for Cintoya Brown and then kept it for himself?" And I might be paraphrasing some of that. A couple of days later, she deleted that tweet. Sean King then tweeted with screenshots and he said, "Another liar caught. Um, this person, um the woman had to take down her tweet and I demand an apology or I'll be taking legal action. He took screenshots of the email that he sent her. And his message is pretty much like, if you talk crazy about me now, I'm going to sue
2: yeah. He could have a, you know, hard time with that. Yeah. I mean, like just from a legal perspective, bringing a defamation case is hard. Yeah. And when you're a public, sele- uh, you know, a public figure, it's even harder because yeah. when you're a public figure, the law looks at you differently. It's like, well, you know, you're a public figure. People are going to say things about you just like we say things about Donald Trump all the time. Yeah. Um, and so it really it has to be like an actual accusation. Um, like if somebody would say like yeah he stole this money like
1: affirmatively Mm -hmm.
2: then that may be grounds for a defamation case but like anything short of that like he's just not you know he's probably not going to be able to prove it out
1: thanks for that context and guys if you're listening to this and you want to give a comment and you're on facebook live say something to us leave a comment we'll read it and also you can call in at 212-650-6903 selena
0: autumn did you want to chime in on that
3: Oh, I was just going to say that I hope that he doesn't spend a lot of his airtime talking about that, because what I appreciate about a journalist who's like Sean King, who's become so socially active, is that he is lifting up, oops, he's lifting up the stories that need to be told, and that's not one of them, frankly. Yeah. Well, and so I hope he doesn't waste, he doesn't waste a lot of oxygen on that. That's just my personal, personal hope. I mean, here, It's gotten very ugly. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you guys off. Yeah, no, no.
2: Here's the other thing about the whole Clarissa thing, because I was reading up on it also, and... And, like, what Clarissa uh, said—look, I I, I like Sean King to a certain extent. I think he's done good work. I don't know about any of these accusations, so I can't really speak on whether things are true or not true or whatever. But from what I read about the Clarissa thing is that she put this tweet up based on information that she believed to be true. That as soon as she found out that this information probably wasn't true, and before he even reached out to her, she had taken this down. And then after that— somebody had sent him like a screen cap after it and then he tried to act like he had contacted her and he and she had been like oh i'm not going to take it down when the truth was she had already pulled the tweet down before he even contacted her her to begin with so like to me i don't know like like i I think like in that respect and at least with this situation like he's like making i don't know and this is sort of what bothers me about him even though i like him is because i feel like and maybe i'm wrong that he's making it seem like she like did something wrong and you know maybe she tweeted something not thinking about it that she shouldn't have tweeted Mm -hmm. but she was smart enough to take that tweet down before he even contacted her Mm -hmm. and now i feel like he's making it seem like she didn't do anything until she heard from him when isn't the case at all
1: and another thing that she's also talked about she says she feels bullied by him because he's used his large platform to call her out um a lot of folks have come at sean king for that um I'd I'd love to hear you guys' opinions, but we got a comment, so let's get to that real quick. Yeah, we do.
2: So um, uh, Mr. Pierre says, that tactic has been used against Sean King a few times. They accused him of taking Haiti earthquake money, too, and (laughs) any time you have someone speaking truth to power, you can expect things like this to come up. I can't speak to the truth of those things, but you can see the strategy all the time. And I think that's fair um, because this is true. When you see people rising to power, especially people of color, there always is somebody who wants to take that person down. And especially when it's a person of color, there's always going to be Somebody that wants to try and take that person down because of, you know, white supremacy reasons that we talk about here on the show all the time. Yeah,
0: but a lot of his accusers aren't always white. I mean, yeah, a just a few years, yeah, they're black. So, like a few years ago, you had um, Duray McKesson got into yeah. a very public feud over Black Lives Matter money. Um, and I know, I, I, I'm not sure how things uh, escalated and, and ended, but I do, I think that they're no longer, no longer associate.
1: Yeah, so it wasn't Black Lives. Matter money. It was the organization I told you about that he was starting and Doreen McKesson accused him of not like of like of he paid he gave Sean King some money for the organization and then demanded it back and then Sean King didn't give it to him. But then what we found out like Sean King's posted screenshots like showing that he had returned the money to Doreen McKesson Um, listen like if he is stealing money if he is doing bad things call him to the carpet hold him accountable. My only issue with this and I guess this is a little bit too East New York of me is like don't jump into the lane if you don't want to get dunked on. Like that that's my thing, and like I've talked to a lot of folks who've like, you know, listen, I what I'm the thing we have to like be we have to acknowledge is that like he is going after a black woman with a lot less power and a lot smaller platform than him. So even if in this case he was reacting because he felt like he was wrong, the what he can do to her is a lot worse than what she can do to him. So he should have like felt fallen back and just left it alone. But, you know, on the other hand, it's like if you don't want smoke, don't don't become a chimney, you know?
0: Right. No, I, I get so, that. Uh, That's very real. And I know that we do have to go to commercial break uh, before we do. I think Alyssa- we just wanted
1: to
2: give a quick update about the government shutdown. Stanley.
1: Okay. Yeah. So we're in day 30 of the government shutdown now. Um, there is enough money to take care of SNAP until February. Damn. Section 8 until February. After that. You're going to start seeing folks who don't have... Um, you to to clarify,
0: do you mean February 1st or the end of February? February 8th. Oh, wow. So that's the beginning of February. And yeah,
1: that is 18
2: days from today.
1: Mm. Yes. And so mm. if we don't do something about this by then, then a lot of people are going to start... They're not going to get the money to pay for the sectioned eight, section eight apartments. They're not going to be receiving food subsidies. Um a lot of folks are going to be in trouble. Mm. Um, then these federal workers are going to lose another um, pay period of pay. And there have been some folks who were paid by accident, and the government let them know, "Do not cash those checks." <laughs> meanwhile, because they're
2: going to bounce.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, the president oh, no. is—he's um, forced um, forty thousand IRS workers to come back to work without pay. So that's forty thousand what, Stanley? IRS, IRS. workers okay. to come back to work because they're trying to make sure folks get their tax returns so that people aren't mad. But that's just not likely to happen. So that's where we are with the government shutdown. President Trump offered a deal where he would extend um, DACA for um, undocumented youth for another three years if the Democrats agreed to give him $5 billion of funding for the wall. They should but say no. They, they should say no. The reason they should say no is because this, the courts have already shot down Um, the president's attempt to get rid rid of deferred action for undocumented people. So it exists. It's here. It's not going anywhere. So that would be like me saying I'm going to extend my my fingernails for three more years to have them. Like I already have them. I don't have to extend anything. Right. So that's where we are right now with the government shutdown.
0: Yeah. And, you you know, quickly before we go to break, when do you think this might end, Alyssa? We only have a few seconds. I
2: don't know. When Mitch shows up. Where's Mitch.
0: (laughs) Where is Mitch McConnell? Uh, that That's the question that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been trying to find because as well. at the
2: end of the day, Mitch McConnell is in charge of the Senate. He can put this up to a vote today. And, you, you know, the Senate has ceded their power to the executive branch. Not only could they vote on this and pass it, they also could override a presidential veto if they wanted to. Absolutely. So where's Mitch? Okay. Right, where's
0: Mitch? On that note, we do have to go on another commercial break. But don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're talking about the Women's March and the controversial statements that Tamika Mallory made. About Minister Louis Farrakhan
3: yeah.
0: And we are back That was Migos Another rap group That was discovered And founded And created Because <laughs> of Soldier Boy So shout out To Soldier Boy again For basically Creating hip hop King
1: Draco Gang <laughs> gang
0: Um We're back, guys. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. I'm here with my co-host Stanley Fritz as well as Alyssa Fuchs and we have a very special guest here as well, Autumn. Uh, And and we want to talk about the Women's March but more so about that that controversy that was happening and and basically take a deep dive into it. So we know that the third annual Women's March, it took place yesterday. Uh, Thousands of women around the world rallied for equality. Alyssa was one of them. Autumn was someone who actually spoke at the Women's March here in New York City. However, whether it was stormy weather reports or people just not as interested uh, or controversial statements that um, that were uh, associated with the Women's March, it turns out that the crowds were reported to be much smaller. Leading up to the march, much of the coverage centered around Tamika Mallory, who is the co-president of the Women's March. She is also a friend of Let Your Voice Be Heard, who has appeared on our show uh, because critics were saying that she refused to denounce and disassociate herself with Nation of Islam leader Minister Louis Farrakhan, who has made anti-Semitic remarks as well as homophobic statements. Tamika was also accused of mates of making anti Semitic remarks and planning meetings. So the controversy contributed to the can- the cancellation of at least one city march. And a number of progressive groups, including the Southern Poverty Law Center, dropped out of the Women's March. They said that they no longer wanted to participate as a partner or a sponsor. Uh, In addition to that, the Democratic National Committee, they also removed uh, themselves from the Women's March this time around. And Emily list. So, again, you have a number of progressive groups who said they did not want to be associated with the Women's March because of these controversial statements. Tamika Mallory is accused of making and she also posted up a picture with her and minister lewis farrakhan and where she called him the goat so tamika to promote the women's march she went on the view and she had a very heated exchange with megan mccain who called tamika out for her support of farrakhan and we have a clip here that i want you guys to hear where uh megan mccain is just really you know talking to tamika about these remarks and and we'll we'll hear it now Stay Adam, on clip. you know offensive uh, rhetoric that I heard. And, you know, and just because you go into a space with someone does not mean that you agree with everything that they say. But let me push back a little bit. Why call him the greatest of all time? I didn't call him the greatest of all time because of his rhetoric. I called him the greatest of all time because of what he's done in black communities. And I think that, you know. Well, I think I, let that... me just interject really quickly. I would never be comfortable supporting someone who called, I'm not anti-Semite and I'm anti-Termite. It's the wicked Jews, the false Jews that are promoting lesbianism, homosexuality. I actually spoke with the journalist from Tablet Magazine who released an investigation report on your organization. And in part, they allege that there is a lot of anti-Semitism surrounding this march. Specifically, the report alleged that you, Tamika, and co-founder Carmen Perez asserted that, quote, Jewish people had a history of exploiting black people and were proven to be leaders of the American slave trade. Now a lot of people, by a lot of people I include me in this, think that you're using your organization as anti-semitism, masked in activism, and that you're using identity politics to shield yourself from critiques. You're talking about all women being invited to that march. I'm pro-life. We were not invited. We were were not allowed at that march right there. I'm a conservative woman. I also represent, if you're talking about women, you should be talking about all women, including Jewish women as well, and conservative women. Again, that was Tamika Mowry during her appearance on The View. So that was a clip of a hidden exchange that she had with Meghan McCain. And later on during that segment, uh, Meghan McCain also said to her... um, uh, she, she basically said, do you condemn the statements that Minister Farrakhan said? And uh, Tamika Mowry said, and I quote, I don't agree with the statements, but she resisted uh, But she and she also said she's resisting calls to step down. And then Megan said, "Like, but do you denounce, you know, specifically denounce these statements? And she just repeated herself and saying, look, I don't agree with these statements. So again, you know, headlines were that Tamika is not denouncing Minister Farrakhan or her, her support from him. And it, it just really enveloped into to this big controversy that overshadowed a lot of the good work that the women's March uh, is does and is doing as well as the 20 years of activism that Tamika Mallory has been uh, contributing to uh, social justice causes which include mass incarceration uh, and a, n- a number of other things so I want to start this conversation by you know first and foremost getting you guys' reactions to uh, the remarks and the the criticism that uh, Tamika is having, you know, I'll, I'll start with you, Alyssa, um, you, you know, what do you, when you hear that exchange, when you hear this, what do you think, especially as, you know, a, a queer woman who is also Jewish?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, it, the thing about this is it's hard. Intersectionality is hard. And... <laughs> I, I have mixed feelings. I felt very conflicted about this all week because on one hand, I mean, Tamika somebody I know who I've done a lot of work with, who I've done social justice work with. There's literally a photo of Tamika and I on my Facebook page that was taken um, the night that um, Cynthia Nixon lost the election to Governor Cuomo, unfortunately. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, and I think it's and, well, and I should say and I think it's good sometimes that people are challenged in a certain way to make them think things out. Now, that doesn't mean they have to be attacked, but people should be challenged when they hold, you know, you know, uncertain things like this. But it's also complicated because, you know, I also recognize as one, I should say, one. Minister Farrakhan is problematic. Like, his comments on Jews are problematic. His comments on queer people are problematic. As somebody who's gay and Jewish, um, I obviously will not defend him. Um, But at the same time, if I just look objectively at the work he's done for people of color throughout all the years through the Nation of Islam, I realize why people in the black community hold him to high esteem. Um, Because when nobody else is coming to lift you up and this person comes along and lifts you you up, then obviously you're going to look at them that way. But there can be a counter-argument made like okay but like Hitler lifted up certain groups of people um, in Germany while pushing down other groups of people like Jews and you know and so if you want to take it to that extreme you can say well if you don't denounce this kind of thing and you don't stand up to it then that's you know the kind of thing that it could lead for and just because you know Hitler did all these great things for certain people in Germany didn't make him a great person when he killed six million Jews. Um, Do I think Minister Farrakhan is Hitler? No I don't but I also think that in that respect this can be very complicated and for me it's very conflicting
0: stanley we know you are also someone who works very closely with tamika mallory and you speak to her on a you know a regular basis what are your thoughts about this
1: so first off guys if you're listening and i know you are you want to talk and give a comment and give us a call at 212-650-6903 again that's 212-650-6903 and also know that Alyssa is clocking the facebook comments so if you put a good comment out we'll make sure we get to that um you guys know where I stand. I've have a very hard time like having white people try to call me or my people out on anything when I you know your history and I know your government and I know your ways and I know your dirty kids. So it's really hard for me to be like, oh, like white person says, says I should disavow somebody. No, I don't even like Mr. Farrakhan at all. I don't agree with his politics or his policies. I respect what he's done for the black community. But if this wasn't going on, I wouldn't give not one hot damn about Farrakhan. But I'm not about to have some trash white woman like Megan McCain come and talk to a black woman when Megan McCain's father fought so we didn't have Martin Luther King Day, when Megan McCain's father has actively supported legislation that hurt black and gay people, when Megan McCain's father has been very trash to people of color and underrepresented people all of his life, but no one's asking her to disavow her dead dad. We wouldn't do that. Farrakhan has no power, but meanwhile, the Israeli government is killing thousands of Palestinian people every single day, and folks are calling that out, and that's really what that's about. Because folks feel uncomfortable that women of color like Tamika Mallory and Linda Sarsour and Carmen Perez and others are saying, hey, if we are really going to be intersectional, we got to be intersectional and care about the lives of those Palestinian women who are being killed right now, who are having their land taken away from them. And this was the only thing they could put up to make them look funny in the light. Well, you know what? White people are funny all the time in the light or out of it. So I don't care.
0: You know, these are really heavy comments that we're getting from Alyssa and Stanley, very impassioned and fueled Uh, you as a black Jewish woman, as an activist and as a speaker at the Women's March. You chose to continue to support the, the Women's March and to actually speak here in New York City. What was what has been your thoughts, reactions to Tamika Mallory, the criticism and the controversy that she is uh, undergoing because she supports or has supported Minister, Minister Farrakhan?
3: Um, so I am. Um, so, first of all, y'all just went to some deep, deep, deep places. And so I just want to be clear, like what I'm saying is from my heart and from where I'm standing um, and and being here, like I'm choosing to to talk specifically about what I'm talking about, <laughs> not everything. You know, I get really nervous when people start throwing around Hitler. So, um, so I I, I really want to say that for me, um, uh, since the Women's March, we have um, uh, elected one of the most diverse and one of the biggest. Um, ever like representation of women in Congress, right? And, and to me, the first minute, like the first women's march was a manifestation of like, um, of women saying, we will not be disempowered, right? We are going to rise up um, and we are not going to allow someone who is, um, <laughs> um, you know, uh, kind of being, I, I don't even know, like, he's like a proud sexual assaulter, right? Like I'm gonna grab him by the you know what, right? Like like there was a there was like a, a braggart quality to that that felt, I think for a lot of women's bodies like not okay. Right. And so I remember after he got elected, I really felt like this person's now gonna be in charge of making decisions that will affect me and my kid. Uh uh-uh, uh no. And so the women's march was a vehicle to express that. Um and what I see is is after like this incredibly successful um, wave of that power. Now there's this this kind of um, attempt to tear it apart from the inside out. And what I see is like when we focus on that, we've taken our eye off the prize, like as a woman and a mother, like I would really like for us to be talking about the the new revelations that there are thousands more children who were separated at the border. Right. Like that's what it just imagine if this entire Women's March had been focused on that. Right. Like if all of these women, mothers, daughters were saying thousands more children are the, the they don't even know where they are. Right. Like for me, like that's the power of the Women's March to talk about things like that. And so I choose to say, like, I won't be made to be to have to pick black. I won't be made to have to pick Jewish. What I will do is show up as all of those voices that live inside me and invite all of the people and all of their different voices to show up together to make effective change.
0: So you think that controversy has been more so a distraction?
3: Absolutely.
2: Um, I I mean, I have to agree with that. Well,
0: I mean, yeah, and we can say that it's a distraction, but it also caused the Women's March to lose a lot of money, sponsorship and partnerships with the DNC. I mean, people have been calling uh, for Tamika Mallory to step down because it is such a distraction. I mean, Alyssa, what are your thoughts on that?
2: I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think they need to step down. I think that they're doing good work. I think what needs to happen is that there really needs to be a reckoning. And yeah, we named the this show Bridging the Gap. There needs to be a gap bridge. And you know, if you need a queer Jewish woman of color to bridge that gap, then get a queer Jewish woman of color to bridge that gap. Um, you know, and the other thing we have to recognize is that like, Jews are not a monolith. There are, you know, Zionist Jews. There are not Zionist Jews. There are Jews that support Israel. There are Jews that don't support Israel. There are Jews of color that support Minister Farrakhan, there are Jews of color that do not. Um, you know, there are so many different types of Jews, and so many. And black
3: people aren't a monolith and, either. And let's be real, women are not a monolith, right? right? Like, like the 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 folks that the pro life folks that are like, hey, we're not invited to your women's march. Like, those are the white women who voted for Trump in the first place, right. overwhelmingly. So, so how is that supposed to be like a real attack? Do you know what I mean? Like, am I supposed to take that seriously? Because. Yeah. Some people need to come and get their people.
0: Absolutely. So, good point there. We do have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere, guys. When we come back, we will continue this conversation about the women's mart, the controversy around it, and bridging that gap between the black and Jewish communities. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR
1: 90.3 FM. The The Voice of Harlem.
0: And, okay, so, you know, where we (laughs) left off, we were talking about, you know, the controversy around Tamika Mallory, uh, the, um, of, her being associated with minister Louis Farrakhan. But to me that hints at a larger divide between black and Jewish communities. And I wanted to unpack sort of why and how this tension is is coming about. I I mean, you know, I've heard people from my own community as African American women say things that are anti-Semitic. But to me, it's, it's mostly rooted in ignorance and like big conspiracy theories about, you know, not having an understanding of Jewish people.
3: So I, I just want to say this. So um, there is a way historically in which both Jews and Black folks have been used um, to scapegoat, right? Absolutely. For the folks who are actually in power, right? Yeah. And and I and again, like the Women's March for me is just another example of the ways in which marginalized people who really like have a lot to gain by standing shoulder to shoulder are, are turned like being asked to turn on each other rather than really focusing. On what needs and can and will change?
0: Absolutely, Stanley.
3: Yeah, so I just, just want to jump in real quick and I guess be a little bit of a piss
1: in the punch bowl with this one. But there, there has been some real traction with Black and Jewish communities. And like, I'm from Brooklyn, and you know what? I, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm born and raised in East New York and Flatbush. I lived there almost my whole like teenage and, and adult life. And when I worked the City Council for a Brooklyn Council member, and you have Black and Brown people coming to the district office because they were being illegally evicted. Or they didn't have heat, or they had like horrible treatment in their buildings. When they, when we would try to go look into like, you know, who the landlord was, there was always a common theme. They were, they, these people always had a Jewish landlord, or like it was an LLC from Israel. Not saying that all Jewish people are bad landlords, but that was their experience. So a lot of poor people in these communities were seeing their oppression being done to them by Jewish people, right. and only seeing one iteration of Jewish people. Or how like um, our, one of our, one of our like, you know. People on our team oh, what's talking about how like in the community, there's certain parts of flat, you just can't walk through. You can't walk through that community because their police will come and fold you. You can't go to their schools, but they can come right to your community, bust right through your block, do whatever they want to do. And that creates some animosity and frustration. And we do need to talk about that because I do think it's fair to say there is a group in the Jewish community that has benefited and used white supremacy to like to build power on the backs of black and brown people.
2: Right. I I mean I I think that part that is True I also think that it's important to recognize That um, as you pointed Out it's not all just like Jewish Landlords they're like you know that's just one example But it's the perception right it's how People are perceiving it but it's equally Important to point out that Those Jewish people in those communities That are so isolated they Don't consider me to be Jewish even though I am they wouldn't consider Autumn to Be Jewish even though she is so you know There is within Judaism themselves There's so many divides because um, the ultra-religious communities Basically do not think anybody That is not part of their ultra-religious community Is even Jewish They look down on me They look down on Jews of color You're seeing this play out in Israel right now Where the ultra-conservative people in Jerusalem Say that we shouldn't allow black Jews To immigrate to Israel from Africa Even though the whole point of Israel And what they call making Aliyah Is that anybody who's Jewish Is technically able to, supposed to be able to immigrate to Israel And become an Israeli citizen And so there's obviously all of these rifts within the Jewish community themselves, and then that plays out and gets amplified when you talk about different groups. But going back to a point, Autumn May, real quick, is, yeah, these are two groups that were both historically disenfranchised, and it isn't the oppression Olympics. We shouldn't be sitting here going, oh, who's more oppressed? You're more oppressed. You know, this, that, and the third. Yes, white people and specifically white Jews have been able to take advantage of white supremacy and we need to be talking about that and having conversations as me as a white Jew with my other white friends who are Jewish about that but at the same time we can't be pointing fingers at each other going who's more oppressed we need to be figuring out how to stand together to work against that oppression
0: absolutely and and I'm glad um, I'm, Alyssa that you didn't mention um, Israel because that's something that I also wanted to make sure that we uh, made some time to talk about like where is the hate directed uh, towards Israel coming from like a uh, um Stanley I know you've mentioned that before and that may be one of the core uh, one of the core issues at the center of of this tension. Mm-hmm.
1: So just real quick to respond very quickly to Alyssa mentioning about the Hasidic Jews like I'm from East New York I don't know what a Hasidic nothing is you're Jewish that's all it is no context so if that's what I'm facing that's what I'm seeing that's how I'm reacting as far as the issue with but Israel. But if you looked at
3: me would you see that I was a Jew?
1: No but I no, Exactly agreed. that's that's yeah. the point that we're making. Yeah but like you, yeah. I mean that's the point so let's educate but that can't be an excuse because it's happening.
3: No like, but, it, but it is part of what can smooth it out right that's part that's of why true. the Jewish women of color marching yeah. that, that I'm a member of like that's part of why we put ourselves forward because we wanted to say like this dichotomy only exists if you only see Jews as white.
1: Yeah. Right? Mm. That's so bad.
3: when you see Jews in all of our multicolored hues and really recognize that globally, the majority of Jews are not white, Mm. then that changes the consensus and it changes the way that, that people who are really in power. And I would even say like for all the Jewish landlords in black neighborhoods, like the folks who are really making power are like Trump and Kushner, you know, like it's not the folks who you would recognize as Jewish that are really making bank off of real estate. Right. Yes. So we're still scrabbling over crumbs over here.
1: Can I answer your question? Ask her one question. Sure. Go ahead, silly. Thank you. So, Israeli Israeli government is killing Palestinian people. They're murdering them by the thousands and taking over their land. And I know like, I want a two-state solution, but you can't have a two-state solution when one person has a small speck of dirt and the other one has the rest of the land. And then they're going through that small speck of dirt and tearing down homes and saying, this is our speck of dirt now. And it feels like, it doesn't just feel like it shows anytime you criticize Israel for their government and the way they're treating Palestinian people, it's seen as anti-Semitic. So then white Jewish people will come and say, well, you need to be an ally. But it's like, you're killing people that look just like me. Why would I want to work with you?
2: That's fair. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And the question I have for you is, I don't think most people know that. That, like, outside of, like, our experience in the U.S. with white-facing Jews, that most Jews are, like, probably of color. Can you talk about that some more?
3: Yeah. I mean, there there are millions of Jews out there who are um, from Arabic nations. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of Jews, uh, black Jews, like, really, really, like... Um, who love Israel, uh, you know, and and some of them are also some of my Jewish women of color who have immigrated to this country. So I I think that there really needs to be an understanding that Judaism is a religion, and it's not a race. Judaism is a religion, and it's not a race. And people can be Jewish, some people in this country convert into Judaism, right? Like there is a broad spectrum of folks, um, just like in any other situation, right? Like, like, we understand that like, there's a lot of Christian folks in Africa, Right, We understand there's a lot of Catholic folks in South America. We don't assume that those religious identifications equal a race. And I think that in this country, that assumption has been undercutting some of the ways in which we can. um, and, And it really leads to the erasure of voices like mine. Mm -hmm. right which is i think the other the other reason why jaywalk wanted to step up because um you know like just remember when the women's march first started and we was like black folks were like wait a second there was already a women's march and it was black women and y'all just erased that and so like there was a whole thing where black women did not want to be identified with the women's march and a lot of my black sisters today still don't Mm -hmm. so like i think when you were like when everyone's looking at it only from a Jewish perspective, it gets really interesting. Like there's the intersectionality is hard. Big tent politics is hard. And and it's really important that we keep Showing up and understanding that the personal is political and we keep having to have these tough conversations and it's not easy and and it's not going to be a soundbite.
0: Right. No, it definitely isn't. And unfortunately, we have to even bring this conversation to a close. But before we do, I want to wrap up and give everyone time for final comments about what this means for these two groups and how we can continue to push to come together
2: yeah I mean look I want to say first you know sitting here and having this conversation is a really good first step and you this is a conversation that other people should be having with their friends so that's one of the things you should be doing if you listen to us today you know take this conversation have it with your friends Um, number two you know we should obviously continue to realize that like you know pushing back against problematic things that are done by the Israeli government doesn't necessarily equate to anti semitism and I think people get caught up in that and they need to realize that those two things are mutually exclusive and number three um to touch on something that you touched on Autumn Yeah we have to realize that the people really in power In this country are the Donald Trumps Are the Jared Kushners um, You know, Are the the very very wealthy And in most cases white men um, That keep control over everything And that by us constantly fighting And be de- being divided and trying to separate Ourselves off into groups And you know fight internally with each other And even in New York City have literally two different Marches yesterday because We couldn't get on the same page We end up in a position where we cannot work to advance economic justice among all women, um, you know, where we cannot lift um, women of color out of poverty, where we cannot lift uh, queer women of color out of poverty and help them to you know, be visible in the society. And so that is, I think, one of the most important things. It's like, yes, we have to have these conversations, um, but we also need to realize that we are stronger when we work together than when we are divided. Stanley, quickly.
1: So I was really happy to have this conversation so we can talk and we can learn. And in the spirit of that, I want to
3: see the rest of my time to Autumn. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, first, the first thing I was just planning on was saying thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Autumn, we just want to just take this time to say thank you as
0: well. And I just want to uh, uh, wrap up the show by saying, you know, something that uh, Tamika Mallory said during her interview on The Breakfast Club when she addressed her remarks in support of Minister, Minister Farrakhan. She said, you know what? if we continue to focus on individuals we get distracted because what we need to be doing is fighting these systems of oppression a lot of us have evolved on issues whether that was anti-semitism lgbtq rights you know black queer, whatever it is a lot of us come from places where we once weren't taught tolerism and we're all evolving so instead of attacking one another because some you don't agree with one policy or, or, or some part of their politics what we need to be focusing on is coming to together collectively to fight the system of oppression that is keeping all people who are marginalized down so on that absolutely.
3: note and and i will just say like um jewish women of color this is our refrain um my liberation is bound up in your liberation absolutely if you are not free I am not free.
0: Thank you for that, Autumn. On that note, we just want to say goodbye. Thank you for everyone who supported us and continue to support Let Your Voice Be Heard on Patreon.com slash Be Heard Radio. See you next Sunday, guys.